guys. So today I want to talk to you about fear. I think we all unfortunately know him well, or at least we know of him. We've all heard of the fear of public speaking, haven't we? Which, by the way, is called glassophobia, in case, in case you were curious. But did you know there's such a thing as the fear of public writing? Yeah, crazy. Which, by the way, is called scriptophobia. Uh, like, like, what? You're all to yourself. Like, you're focused. You're self-absorbed. It's, you're in your own little corner. And what is there to fear? But there is such a thing. Anyways, I had a personal revelation about public speaking some time ago. Why was I afraid, and still kind of am, of, of public speaking? Well, it's because I and, and you, we tend to be self-focused. We think about how do I look, how, what do I sound, and what do I say? What are they thinking about me? These are all sorts of questions that would run through my head and your head, and all we do is focus on self. We become self-obsessed, so we get so nervous about how we sound as opposed to what our audience is, is receiving. How are they being served? How are, they, um, how are their lives being changed and better and encouraged? We're going to talk about this a little bit later, but the way I think we overcome the fear of public speaking is by taking the focus off self and onto the audience. I'll explain that in a little more detail later on. Any idea what the number one phobia in the world is? Yep, it's the fear of spiders. But did you know that the number five phobia of all time is the fear of dogs? Oh, it gave me so much comfort. I thought I was, I was an anomaly in this world, but I'm not. I do have a story, a very personal dog biting story, which I won't share today, that explains my fear of dogs. And, and by the way, there is such a thing of the fear of Russians, which is called Russiaphobia. And if that's you, knock it off. We're, we're good people, so stop. Just stop. <laughs> funny thing about <laughs> Funny thing about certain fears is that they're universal. Not all, but certain ones. Doesn't matter the country, the skin color, there's a very strong relationship between the age and the type of fear that people report at different cultures. In early childhood, it's the fear of strangers and the fear of separations are, are common. The next stage is this fear of specific objects, animals, insects, the boogeyman, uh, or maybe specific scenarios such as heights, the darkness, or thunderstorms, etc. In adolescence, fear centers on social experiences, such as humiliation in front of peers and such. Adults, however, have more abstract fears, fear like failure. And I'm going to assume that most of you listening to this podcast are an adult, or at least are, is, are trying to be one. So we'll loop back on this particular one in a little more detail and camp around it. We've all heard of the phrase, pain makes you stronger. Well, today I want to submit to you that fear makes us braver. Fear is not our enemy. It can be the voice of reason, the voice of caution, and, and practically serves you well a lot of times. 
fear is healthy. Fear is, is hardwired in, in our brains for a very good reason. Fear is neither abnormal nor a sign of weakness. The capacity to be afraid is a part of a normal brain function. In fact, the lack of fear is a sign of serious brain damage. So the goal today is not to get rid of fear. It's to make you comfortable or get you familiar with fear and get more comfortable with it because it's always there. So we might as well learn to have a relationship with it. So, so learn to receive it, fear, with, with curiosity and with a loving heart. And, and don't feel like something's wrong or, or you failed if fear appears. It's, it's a part of life. So simply meet it lovingly every time and acknowledge it as your friend. I'll take it a step further. Thank it for watching over you and wanting to, to keep you safe. Have a conversation with it. Make sure you do this privately so people don't think you're insane. But, but that's a good thing to do. So, so talk to it. Acknowledge it as a thing that's always going to be there riding in the backseat of everything you're doing. Uh, thank it for its services. It's been so helpful so many times. It prevented you from getting into cars with strangers. It kept you off dark alleys in the nights. It prevented so many bad things from ever coming to pass. Fearful thoughts are, are designed to keep you safe. But they also, there's a flip side to it. They keep us not only safe, but they keep us limited. And sometimes limited is good, but not all the time. So my invitation for you is simply make an assessment of what's going on, recognize the, the fear at work, recognize that fearful thoughts are not synonymous with wisdom. Then from the place of, of sanity and full presence, make a decision. Oftentimes, fear makes us think that something negative will happen. That seems to be its default setting. It creates a negative imagined scenario about the future. But here's the truth. You don't know what's going to happen. So these thoughts you're, you're thinking can't possibly all be true. The surge of fear tends to show up right after the moment of, the moment of truth. Say an idea comes into your mind about something you'd love to do. Soon after, you might notice that you might, your mind was filled with reasons why you can't or shouldn't do it. Recognize that fear is speaking. And stop overthinking because overthinking is ultimately a form of fear. The truth is that you don't know what's going to happen. So become comfortable with, with not knowing so that fear doesn't rule you. The opposite of fear may be courage, but I think more accurately, it's awareness. So be willing to directly experience fear as it appears in the moment and recognize the thoughts and the physical sensations in your body. Pay attention to what's going on. You can recognize fear-motivated thoughts when all you're thinking about is the word can't or, or shouldn't, etc. I'll venture to say that can't is the worst word in the dictionary. It's so limiting. It's so irresponsible. It's so close-minded. So take it out of your vocabulary altogether. <clears throat> I want to circle back to, to the fear of failure I, I mentioned in the beginning. And again, I, I'm going to assume that if you're listening to this podcast, you're an adult. And if you're an adult, this fear is, is real. 
Uh, it's a simple question we ask ourselves. What if I fail? We can start imagining the worst possible outcomes and we get fixated on failure only. Man, if this thing collapses, I'm going to lose my job, my, my, my house. I'm going to make a fool of myself. I'm going to lose of that thing which I have right now. So we forget to think that failure and success, they, they coexist. Think about it. You can't find success without failure. Much like you can't find light without darkness. One gives meaning to the other. It's failure that gives the proper perspective on success. So where does one find success? Well, in the same department as failure. So, so what am I saying here? You have to tread the waters of failure in order to find success. Let me paint a picture for you. At one time, you, yes you, were an ultimate success story to the universe. Whether your parents wanted you or, or not, it really doesn't matter. Scientists estimate the probability of you being born is one in millions. It's actually close to, to a billion. So it took just one out of a billion to make you possible. You know what that means? Millions and millions and millions little guys failed. They never made it. Again, we're talking about the possibility of you or me being born. Oh, the magnitude of failure it took to get this one success story. Stop thinking about failure as failure alone because as Thomas Edison puts it in talking about the invention of a light bulb, I haven't failed. I just found 10,000 ways that don't work. I want to, as I try and wrap this up, I want to end with, with four quotes that are uh, relevant to the subject. In order to succeed, this is by Bill Cosby, in order to succeed, your desire for success should be greater than your fear of failure. There's only one thing that makes a dream impossible to achieve, the fear of failure. Everything you want is on the other side of fear. And the last one by, by Steve Jobs, remembering that I'll be dead soon is the most important tool I've ever encountered to help me make big choices in life. Because almost everything, all external expectations, all pride or fear, all fear of embarrassment or failure, these things fall away in the face of death, leaving only what is truly important. And I'll leave you with a, with a benediction today. May you accept your past without regret. May you handle your, your present with confidence. And may you, oh, ever so boldly, face your future without fear. Thanks for tuning in, dear friend. Until next time.